with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. First day of March 2022. Real Talk Memphis is on the air. Very happy to have you uh, along for the ride and very happy to be here on this uh, Monday. This is your humble host, Chip Washington. And uh, looking outside right now, you know, uh, it was a beautiful day today. Temperatures in the mid 70s. Great day to be outside, but all that's about to change. Uh, the weather's going to shift into rain mode later on this evening and overnight and all day tomorrow. And we could see, I don't know, maybe close to four inches of this of uh, the wet stuff before it's all said and done. But uh, since we're living in the present, uh, once again, uh, it's been seven days since we have uh, communicated with one another. I hope that your week has been good. Many of you are just now getting your work legs back you were off last week for spring break a lot of the local schools all the local schools were out last week and so that when the kids are out parents are out and everybody's you know thinking about faraway destinations you know whether it be on the beach or wherever it is but if you went on vacation last week and you celebrated spring break like a lot of folks do i hope you had a great time and i hope everything went well and i hope you got back safely we are uh as we always do, uh, looking forward to a, a good show tonight. A lot of uh, things to uh, discuss, of course, and uh, we will break down the guest list uh, in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, for those of you who want to know how to, to receive this fine re- piece of radio broadcasting, many ways to do it. Right now we're on live 91.7 on the FM dial, WYXR. You can also catch us on the WYXR app live. Uh, we are also on the TuneIn app live, and we are on Facebook live as we keep the live theme going. We're also going to be posting to YouTube a bit later on tonight or tomorrow. And as we are a podcast, you can catch us tomorrow when they post the show wherever you get your podcast. So um, the breaking news this afternoon, last week I had breaking news about Fred Jones filing a lawsuit against uh, the SWAC football conference in Jackson State at all about uh, their decision to pull out of the Southern Heritage Classic after this year. This afternoon, of course, so many of us were aware that the trial of Billy Ray Turner, uh, the man that was convicted uh, or actually arrested and charged with the murder of Lorenzen Wright, uh, his trial uh, ended this afternoon 
verdict guilty on all counts. Uh, he will, well, I, know, I guess the first degree murder charge is uh, life in prison uh, without the possibility of parole. Uh, so uh, I think this about wraps it up. Shara, of course, uh, is uh, in prison. Uh, she, uh, is, well, she got a 30 year sentence and uh, she's eligible for parole in nine years. But uh, with the information that came out uh, on this uh, particular trial of Billy Ray, Char Wright, I don't think she'll get out. That's just my humble opinion, but I don't think she'll be getting out anytime soon. So again, if you missed it, Billy Ray Turner convicted guilty on all three counts uh, in the murder of Lorenzen Wright. So before we move on, you know, this is the part of the show where we like to celebrate you. We like to celebrate that trip around the sun that, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have made a complete trip around the sun from last year to this, this is your time. This is when we shout you out. It's birthday time. But before we do that, we can't do anything until I say, hit it, Jack. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday. Happy birthday going out to the following. Angela Nickelberry, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to LaShawn Adams. Perry Steele celebrating today, as is Clara Fisher, Carolyn Kent, Joyce Wilkes, Phillips, Tarville Bobo, uh, let's see here. Tammy Arnett Phillips is celebrating today as well. And uh, for tomorrow, Jack, turn it down just a little bit for me. Uh, celebrating tomorrow as a family member, Curtis Fernandez. His birthday is tomorrow, Cousin Curtis, out there on the West Coast. And uh, we hope that uh, not only for you, but for everybody we just mentioned, congratulations. Happy birthday. Huh? Pahu? Paula Rafer, I'm sorry, Paula Rafer's birthday. That, that was Lola chiming in at the last minute. So happy birthday to each and every one of you. Congratulations. And we hope that we are here next year to celebrate another trip around the sun. Thank you, Jack. All right, so jump into some news and notes here. And we already started out with the breaking news about uh, Billy Ray Turner. So we can move on uh, from that. Uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Uh, began her confirmation hearings today to become the next associate Supreme Court justice. And, of course, if that goes well, she will be the first black female ever uh, appointed to the Supreme Court. Uh, so we'll see how long all that process goes. Bringing it a little bit closer to home, uh, Arkansas, many of you may have heard about what happened uh, early Sunday morning in Arkansas, a little town in Arkansas, Dumas, uh, confirmed that 28 people were injured in a shooting outside of a car show in Dumas, Arkansas. Uh, troopers did say that one suspect is in custody, but they are looking for others who may have been involved in this. One person was killed, uh, and several children were wounded in this episode as well. So once again, uh, you know, more issues, more issues, and more issues. So. We pray for those who were wounded, and uh, we hope the police, uh, the state police, catch all of the individuals uh, involved in this as soon as possible. Uh, over the weekend here in Memphis, uh, there were two shot and killed in Whitehaven. Over the weekend, two men were shot 
And uh, Saturday afternoon in Whitehaven, the shooting happened about 12.45 p.m. in the 1600 block of East Shelby Drive. No arrests have been made at this time. It's an ongoing investigation. But again, two uh, men were killed in that incident. So I'm going to talk about something now that nobody wants to hear about. But, you know, I'm a responsible journalist, so I have to, you know, be able to come at you with some facts and some information. Uh, a lot of folks are thinking COVID-free, living COVID-free, living their best COVID-free life. Well, there's a new variant running around out here. It's called the BA2. And uh, while it has not really taken a grip in this country, uh, there are a few states that have seen cases, uh, two in the Northeast and then back out in the Northwest, uh, Washington, Oregon, around in that area, they've, they've seen some cases. Uh, it is said to be uh, more contagious, but not necessarily uh, and it, it'll probably end up being the dominant uh, uh, strain of COVID. Uh, doubled, last couple of weeks, it's doubled in its, in its scope. Uh, but uh, right now, it shows that it's more transmissible, but it's not necessarily uh, yet to cause uh, severe illness. So, you know, if you, got, if you had COVID and you had Omicron, uh, and you, you know, whether you were breakthrough or unvaccinated, you got sick. Uh, this one is not yet known as to how severe an illness uh, it will cause, um, but uh, and, and it may not uh, even see a lot of hospitalizations. Dr. Fauci said that, you know, right now it doesn't look that way, uh, but uh, I know many of you, you know, are going to probably want to shoot somebody if they tell you you have to wear a mask again, you know, in whatever environment you're in. So we'll keep a clo close eye on that. And by the way, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, you still can get vaccinated. There are still places to go. And you can also get testing from free from the U.S. government if you need those as well. Hey, better safe than sorry, I always say. So if you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. And if you haven't been boosted, you might want to get a boost as well. All right. Uh, and finally, in uh, the world of sports, we were all pulling for the Memphis Tigers uh, who made their first uh, NCAA uh, March Mad disappearance since 2014. Well, they won their first game and uh, they lost a very tough game on Saturday night to Gonzaga uh, in the uh, second round. So the Tigers' uh, basketball season is over. But, you know, congratulations to, for making the tournament, first of all, and, and even getting the first round win. So, you know, we're looking forward to what happens next year. Now, as far as the show is concerned, uh, we uh, break down the guests for you tonight. Uh, many of you are familiar with uh, the Bahia Pipeline Project uh, that was in the news pretty big uh, a few months back. Well, a lot of folks here objected to it. The city of Memphis basically pushed it away and, uh, you know, sort of stopped that um, before it got too far. The folks at Bahia Pipeline said, well, it's okay. We don't need it. We don't see the benefit in it. What well, has come up again? And it has, it's cropped up again. And so we're going to talk to Sarah Houston, uh, who has been on before. She's the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer. And she's going to tell us why this is just not a good idea, period. A little bit later on in the show, we are going to talk with Antonio Perez. And he is the newly named general manager of the Memphis Sports and Events Center. You know, the big Liberty Park project down there by the Mid-South Coliseum and all that kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that you see going up this 
leaps and bounds, and it should be done by sometime later this year. We'll talk to Antonio about that and what we can expect on that project. And, you know, it always takes a little effort to um, raise boys into responsible men. One gentleman uh, has uh, taken that on as his mission in life, former NFL player Curtis Weathers, the founder and director of the Brotherhood Boys to Men Foundation, will join me in the second half hour of the show. Sound good? Yes, indeed, it does. Thank you so much for being with us tonight uh, on this all-new live and fresh Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, What do you say we get into it? This is, uh, as I said, Real Talk Memphis. Quick break, right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Russ College is now accepting applications for the fall 2022 semester. Located in Holly Springs, Mississippi, and just minutes away from Memphis, Russ College offers degree programs in business, education, math, science, and much more. Call 662-252-8000, extension 4043, for more details. More information is on our website, russcollege.edu. Russ College, where tomorrow's leaders are students today. more than 60 years, Orion has been a trusted financial partner in our community. You can find out all the ways they redefine banking at orionfcu.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, the 21st day of March. And is this year not going by fast? Yes, indeed it is. And before we move forward with the uh, big broadcast, uh, I want to do my roll call here on Facebook Live. Marcella Hunt is uh, checking us out, as is Randy P. Leslie, Gary Shelton. I see you there. Uh, Dorisa Guest is watching us. And Audrey Hill is on as well, and she says, congratulations, Memphis Tigers. We are proud of you. And speaking of proud, uh, I am uh, proud uh, to say that my daughter uh, is in town uh, this uh, week, uh, Brianna Cole Washington. She is actually sitting in the studio here with us tonight and uh, checking out the show, and uh, really happy to have her here. She's been here for the last few days, and she's heading back to the West Coast tomorrow, and um, it's been real fun having her, and, and uh, she's a 
chip off the old block, but she's very, I'm, I'm very, very proud of her. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop. That's what she did. Whoop, whoop. So anyway, uh, so on with the broadcast. So listen, on a serious note, a few months ago, um, front page headline news, this battle uh, about the Bahia Pipeline Project. They were trying to put it in and push it on us, and we were trying to say, no way, we don't need it. It's not good news. And basically, the city of Memphis, in, 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 you can say, shut that bad boy down. One day, they were like all gung-ho and wanted to move forward. And the next day, they were like, well, we don't think we really need to do that project. Well, it has uh, come up again. And uh, there is a bill being proposed by a couple of uh, Tennessee legislators uh, that is actually trying to keep uh, local entities like Memphis, which would be directly affected, from even interfering in the project. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about all of this with uh, Sarah Houston. The, she is the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer and also known as the Water Warrior. She's joining us again on the big broadcast. Sarah, nice to have you back. Chip, so good to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's jump into this a little bit now. You know, I mean, all of a sudden they, they sort of uh, disappeared off the radar screen, you know, and I think, uh, doing no small part to the efforts of your organization and a lot of folks in this town, uh, mm -hmm. even the politicians, the county commission, the city council, nobody wanted this. Now, all of a sudden, there seems to be some renewed interest in, uh, you know, this, this, this project going through. I know you don't think it's a good idea. Tell us why. Right, right. So they did disappear, and, and they're still not back. So this law is actually proposed by Collierville representative, Representative Vaughn, that is a bill that would affect the whole state of Tennessee, that would remove all local say in where fossil fuel infrastructure would go. So like the resolution that our city council passed saying we have formally opposed Bahalia Pipeline, right. they wouldn't even be legally allowed to say that. So, okay. So, but, you, okay, so that was something that was, was passed, correct? I mean, and so, so, is, so what, are the, what are the ramifications here? Are there any remedies here? First of all, why are they even trying to propose this bill? I'm pretty sure that you guys have, you know, maybe trying to find out exactly where all this is coming from and why are they trying to, why are these legislators trying to pass this bill? What's this about? That's such a good question, Chip. And you know, it is, it's a direct retaliation from what we were able to achieve here in Shelby County. And you know, Memphis raised up, we had groups all across the county, all across the nation, right. realizing this was a bad project targeted at a poor black neighborhood. And they tried to use the power of eminent domain to take land away. And you know, with a strategy that included a lot of different things, and part of that was passing regulations that would not allow oil and gas infrastructure in sensitive areas like where our water is pumped up, like schools, like churches, like parks. You know, all of that was part trying to figure out where is a safe place to build this type of infrastructure, not just willy nilly. And we were successful. You know, like you said, the Helia Pipeline, they canceled their project. Yep. And then we continued the fight after they had pulled out to get these laws passed. So those laws were actually passed after July 2021. Mm -hmm. And this bill came out of nowhere. They pulled a switcheroo. The, the original bill was just about mapping oil and gas infrastructure that currently exists. Then the new bill they introduced 
completely rewrote that to say, you can't have any say, we don't want any local regulations just so we can make it as easy as possible possible for fossil fuel infrastructure to go in. So this was a direct attack at Memphis, but it's gonna apply to the whole entire state. So we've got folks across the state upset about this, and we've got landowners, we've got other organizations, we've got county commissions. I mean, people are really upset about this state overreach. So, um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you were just joining us, we're having a great conversation with Sarah Houston. She is the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer. And uh, we're talking about the Bahia Pipeline Project. So for people who may not know or uh, or, or educated on the project, what will this do um, to uh, Memphis and parts of Shelby County? Uh, what would be the, the, the negative uh, effects of having this thing go through? Yeah, great question. So, so you know, nobody's saying that Bahia is coming back. But let's just say Bahia 2.0 tried again. Okay. So if they were to do that, they could run this pipeline directly under a schoolyard. They could run it next to a playground. They could put their big petroleum tanks filled with toxic chemicals right next to a park. You know, this type of things where we have regulations now on the books to keep that type of infrastructure away from you know, neighborhoods and sensitive areas, they wouldn't have local or local government. We would have no say in that and they could just build as they'd like. So does this, would this mean, uh, even in this, in this new iteration of it, 2.0, if, if, if that would be uh, the case, would they be tearing down homes in various uh, parts of the community? Or would that, would, would that involve any, anything like that in terms of construction? That's a good question. And you know, that's to be seen. And that's something that Bahalia, you know, they tried to use the power of eminent domain. And a lawsuit was filed. They, we were in the courts making sure that didn't happen. But that could be something they'd try to do again. And they'd try to use this overreach to take people's homes and land that don't want to sell. And so this bill doesn't explicitly state that. But that's definitely a concern in this gray area. Like, what is this bill really trying to do? It's trying to put private corporations over the people of Tennessee. So, you know, and having said, and I'm still, honestly, it sounds like you are and some other folks are a little lost on, on all of this, you know, in, in particular, the aspect of we want to allow them to do something in reference to this project. Mm-hmm. However, we don't, want any, we don't want any interference from the people uh, that it would affect the most, you know, like people here in Memphis, Shelby County, and various parts of the state, we don't want you to have any guilt. We don't want you to stick your fingers in all of this at all. We just want this thing to be. I mean, seriously, legally, can this be? I mean, can can this really be done legally? Because it really, honestly, makes no sense to me whatsoever that okay. citizen oversight is not even allowed in in a project as big as this. Right, right, and that's such a good question. So this is the type of bill. This is is called a preemption bill. Right, and and they do this kind of thing, you know, in all kinds of other facets. Fossil fuel infrastructure is another deal because it is so harmful. But what a preemption bill does is the state just says, hey, we have ultimate authority. You have no ability to pass any local laws and regulation. Now, if that is legal or not is to be de- and to be determined. You know, so if like, let's say, you know, this law passes and it's on the books, but a pipeline company tries to come through and right ne- route next to a school, we would be hopeful that our county commission that passed that law, that 1,500 foot setback to say, 
you know, we think our law stands. We'll see you in court. And so that's the kind of thing that it gets worked out in the legal system. And, you know, so we don't think it's legal, but it's one of those things where it's expensive, it's drawn out process, and it's having to prove yourself versus having the laws on the books when we don't have to have this fight. Just develop in a smart, responsible way. Don't try to put our, you know, our communities and our aquifer and our school children in jeopardy. So, you know, having said said all, all, all of that, and, you know, like you said, I mean, the bill has been proposed, which I think is ludicrous, but it's been proposed. So wh- what is what is it that you, your organization, and other organizations out here, community leaders, politicians, so, I mean, I, th- I think, it's, it's, is it now time to sort of ratchet up the defenses, uh, you know, in terms of all of this? What happens from our perspective, if you will. Exactly, exactly, Chip. We got to ratchet it up. So pretty much what we've been doing is is just sounding the alarm. You know, like I said, this is a switcheroo bill. It just came through so fast. March 2nd is when it was introduced in subcommittee. And I mean, this is taking my month of March away. <laughs> we have yeah. been rallying the forces. So we've been partnering with Sierra Club and Memphis Community Against Pollution and Climate Reality Project and Southern Environmental law center and organizations across the state and we've been sounding the alarm so we have had thousands of emails go out to our senators to our representatives and we have to keep that coming tomorrow we will be up in nashville testifying in front of the house commerce committee so Mm. we will be making formal statements opposing this and and poking holes in their reasoning as to why it needs to happen Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'll be there in full force now Worst case scenario, this does get passed by the House Commerce Committee tomorrow. And if that's the case, then it would be going to the House and the Senate floors. And we still need Memphis to make its voice heard. We might need you to show up in Nashville and make some noise and really just continue to raise the profile on this. And it's about it's about coordinating and it's about, you know, making sure that our voices are heard and you know, hopefully get this stopped, and if not, be prepared for the fight that comes after. I was gonna say, so now, so now it's really like the rallying cry, and it really starts to, 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 uh, to get people's attention. You're going to Nashville tomorrow, you know, you're already corresponding with people you know, all across the state. So this really has to become a, a, a mandate, such as it was the first time around when you backed them off and said, and they decided, nah, this is too much hassle. So, I mean, so it really almost has to be even more of an effort now, especially since they're trying to pass a law. Am I correct? Right. You are so right. And it's just happening so fast. Yeah. So fast. And this was done intentionally. You know, the legislature started in January. Right. They've had time to make sure people knew about this. They didn't want people to know about this. And so that's why it's been such a rush. It's been so fast. They want to get this through without anybody asking questions. Well, we're asking questions and we're slowing it down and we need help to continue to raise that, raise that issue. So before I let you go, what, what can, what can citizens do? What can people do right now to try to help um, in, 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 in defeating this? Well, you can go to our Instagram, uh, protect our aquifer um, or our website, protectouraquifer.org. And we have links on both of those pages to send emails. We got an easy one-click email. Oh. It sends them to everybody in the House of Commerce, everybody on the Senate floor. You can add your own little note, you know, something you might have learned from this conversation with Chip and I, um, or, or, you know, what this might mean to you and your family. 
And sending that email out today, right now, can definitely help make a difference. Sarah, Sarah Houston, aka the Water Warrior. This is a very uh, serious subject, and I'm really happy uh, that you came on the show tonight. And uh, please keep us posted as we move this process along uh, to see kind of where we are, because this is this is real important. And uh, I think a lot of the more folks know about it, the more folks understand it, uh, they can maybe be a part of uh, maybe pushing it away. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's good to see you again. And, yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me. And I have to say, tomorrow is World Water Day. So happy World Water Day to everybody listening. Happy World Water Day. I don't know if you can see. I got my water here. There you go. You, you got the saying? hydration going. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Sarah Houston, thank you so much. And we'll talk down the road, okay? Take care of yourself. All right. Thanks so much, Chip. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye now. Well, now see, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, that kind of conversation is what is needed to oh, to um, to stir up the energy that is needed uh, in a situation like this. As Sarah said, there's no bill yet, but uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get one together and they're trying to push it as well. So uh, we'll uh, stay on top of this. We'll see what happens and we will keep in touch with Sarah as we move down the road. We'll take our second break. And when we come back, we are going to shift gears and talk about a major project here in the city of Memphis. It's called Liberty Park. We're going to talk to a young man who uh, has was named recently the new general manager of uh, the Memphis Sports and Events Center. His name is Antonio Perez. I am Chip Washington. You know who you are. This is Real Talk Memphis, and we will be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR comes from the Crosstown Brewing Company, WYXR's official beer sponsor for 2022. Just like WYXR, Crosstown Brewing supports Memphis music and our neighbors who use their talents to the people that make it. Their beers can be found at their 3,000 square foot tap room right here at Crosstown Concourse and at your favorite bars, restaurants, and stores throughout Tennessee, Mississippi, and Eastern Arkansas. Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com visit. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Are we back? Are we back? I think we are. I think we are back. We're back. That's okay. That, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. That was a quiz. We want to make sure you were, you know, following us on the on the outcues there. Uh, this is Real Talk Memphis on this Monday. Uh, I'm very happy to have you all with us, and I see that my son David is also watching. And he's off today, so he's he's watching and probably. You know, yeah, David Breeze here. She's sitting here in the studio with me. So <laughs> all is well, all is well. Uh, my next guest is someone uh, who is really no stranger to physical fitness and athletics, uh, especially with our young people. And he was recently named uh, the general manager of the Memphis Sports and Events Center. You know, the big Liberty Park project that you see going up and this thing is moving pretty quick as well very happy to have with me uh tonight uh, antonio perez and antonio thank you for coming on real talk man it is a pleasure to have you Chip, thanks so much uh i enjoyed the previous segment that's actually a tough act to follow but Lots of great information and appreciate the opportunity to tell you a little bit about what we got going on. Absolutely. And and I really appreciate that. Yeah, Antonio told me during the break, he said, I'm going to say it on the air, man. He said, I learned a lot <laughs> for listening to that first segment. That's kind of what we do around here. So, um, Antonio, you know, this is a big, big project. It's an exciting project. It is, it is something that, uh, uh, you know, that's going to benefit the entire city. Uh, it's part of the Liberty Park project, and it is if you if you if you're going down uh, whatever what what street is that Parkway? Well, East Parkway. Yeah, Parkway. And look to the right. You can't. This thing is going up in leaps and bounds. But tell us a little bit about the project. You know, you were telling me about the acreage and what's going to be involved. Uh, tell our listeners exactly what they can expect. Yeah. So the Memphis Sports and Events Center is coming to Liberty Park, which people might know uh, more commonly as the fairgrounds. Right. Uh, but sitting right alongside the football stadium and in front of the Coliseum is going to be a new 227,000 square foot uh, premier sports destination for the Mid-South. Uh, it's going to have 16 basketball courts, which convert to 32 volleyball courts, and which can also be suited to host any type of event, be it wrestling, cheer, dance, futsal, commencements, you name it. Uh, tons of other amenities within, you're talking uh, three outdoor turf fields, a cafe, uh, but all that put together is done to two things, to be a, a community serving venue so that we're of course making great programs available to those within Memphis, um, but also to attract sports tourism. Uh, we want people to know all the great things going on in this city. Uh, so by leveraging this facility uh, and by running events such as tournaments and the like, We'll be able to get people into our city, eating our food, visiting our attractions, staying in our hotels. So really, as you just said, uh, tons of benefit for the city altogether. Revenue is a big part of, of, of anything uh, as large as this. This is a huge, huge project. 228,000 square feet is just mammoth. Uh, what would be, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, but I mean, obviously there's going to be a great financial benefit in particular, bringing in, uh, you know, groups, organizations, leagues and things like that from across the country. I mean, I mean, how, how does Memphis stand to benefit uh, economically? This it sounds to me like this could be millions of dollars a year uh, in, in additional revenue. Am I am I wrong in that or does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, over the life of the facility, uh, it's going to generate a ton of revenue for the city. Um, you know, obviously via the programming run within the building, uh, but really, as I mentioned, all the ancillary benefits that you get, you know, when, when somebody comes into town for a three-day basketball tournament, for example, you know, it, it's it's mom, dad, and a little sibling, they're staying in a hotel for right. three or four nights, right. uh, they're eating at all the local restaurants, they're going to Beale Street, they're going out to Shelby Farms, 
So even outside the, the immediate vicinity of Liberty Park, um, really just an opportunity to showcase uh, our great city um, by leveraging the facility as a destination. Um, like I mentioned, we of course are going to do a ton of local programming, mm -hmm. uh, but you're going to draw regional and even national events. So it might be the, the regional finals of this or the national finals of that, or maybe there's a tournament that used to run in, you know, Cincinnati or Charlotte or Tampa. Well, now in that circuit, they can come to Memphis and, and we're going to be a renowned facility in that regard. So you're really now you're, you're really becoming a player. Uh, pardon the pun, uh, in terms of, of, of really all of these athletic events and being able to, it's a selling point. This is a brand new, state-of-the-art, you know, built-from-the-ground-up facility uh, that, that, is, that I'm sure will be very impressive. And people coming into town, in terms of how you, how you pitch it, how, how folks sell it, um, it should be pretty easy because uh, um, now that when Memphis wasn't, um, you know, a part of this process. Now you are, and now you're becoming a major player in anything having to do with athletics or uh, various other events. Am I correct? Yeah, Chip, you nailed it. So we look, we work closely with, with Memphis Tourism, right. and obviously they're doing exactly what we're doing in the way of conventions and expos. Uh, but from a sports perspective, there's so many events that they had to pass on in terms of bidding just because we didn't have the facilities to support it. Mm -hmm. If you think of a 200-team tournament, to run something like that in Memphis previously, uh, you're either trying to have to do it over a long period of time, so five, six, or seven days, or you might need a dozen gyms to do it. Well, if you're walking into a facility now that has 16 basketball courts or 32 volleyball courts, it finally presents the venue where those big events can come, be all under one roof uh, in a premier athletic facility with a great staff who's gonna be uh, there to support them, uh, with, with good opportunities for spectators to not just watch the games, but to, to eat and drink, um, really makes it attractive to all those people around the country, um, you know, whereas they might have had to pass on Memphis in the past. We're speaking with uh, Antonio Perez. He is the general manager, the newly named general manager of the Memphis Sports and Events Center, a.k.a. Liberty Park, down there by the Mid-South Coliseum Football Stadium and, and that whole in that whole area. You know, I would imagine, too, uh, Antonio, that uh, building something like this would really enhance the area that it is in. You know, that is an old kind of historical part of town, um, you know, kind of over in the mid midtown, you know, almost south part of town, whatever. But I, I, would, I would think that this would very much enhance that that whole area as well. Uh, you, you think you think uh, that would be the case? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, you know, improvements anywhere in the city are, are you know, benefit everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, as the tide rise, all boats rise. So, mm -hmm. you know, with this new facility coming in, you know, there's going to be follow up developments behind it as part of the overall Liberty Park project. Um, but that's exactly the goal um, is just to improve the area. And, and, you know, it's not the only development going on in town. Uh, but for that section that you highlighted, that that's absolutely its purpose, uh, just to increase the appeal and the, the 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 service offered by that area. So the Memphis Sports and Event Center is definitely going to contribute to that cause. Uh, there's also going to be some uh, retail outlets uh, in that area, some dining. This is really going to be quite the showpiece, I think, for the city of Memphis. Now, you as the general manager. Uh, you, you, you're going to have quite a, quite a responsibility here, and I'm sure that you're a, a forward-thinking fella. 
And uh, so, you know, kind of how are you sort of mapping this out, you know, in your mind as, 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 this, as the construction continues and, and the venue is getting closer and closer to completion? I mean, you know, wh where are you in your thought process now? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, you know, you mentioned the construction going on. There's an awesome team um, that, that's working hard every day to make that thing go happen. And you cited how quickly it, it's happening. Um, we're slated to open in November, so we're really excited about that. Mm -hmm. But as you alluded to, there's so much prep work involved that people might not see. Um, that comes in the way of, you know, amassing a staff to help operate the building. Um, you know, even though we're in March in 2022, we're already filling a 2023 calendar. Uh, so we encourage anybody who wants to be in the building, you know, say they're a, a local tournament operator or they have thoughts of doing training or, or leagues kind of stuff. You know, we need them to reach out right now because it feels far, but it's really not that far. And we talked to some of those bigger events, you know, that's how far ahead they look. You know, just yesterday I was talking to, to somebody about an event happening in 2025, which to me sounds crazy to hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the like the cycle of, of sports planning. Um, so, so like I said, you know, some of those talks are exploratory, but with regards to 2023, you know, that's an exercise that's very much underway. Uh, so in reply to your question, you know, it's just getting the right people to operate the building because the building's only going to be as, as good as the people who are inside it. Um, and then just, you know, creating a, a calendar of compelling events. You know, I cited at the start all the different sports and events that we can right. accommodate. So we don't want to be just a basketball facility or just a volleyball facility, you know, we want to be able to showcase the fact that we can do any type of event. So that's some of the planning that's going on even months uh, in advance of this place opening. Well, you're right. Uh, you know, when you say that, uh, you know, 2023 is literally right, the fastest time is going, it's right around the corner. So folks yeah. are starting to have to start to plan. So when you start to plan these events, um, these big tournaments in, in particular, and a lot of these other events, you have to plan early, don't you? You have to you have to start early in order to make sure you have a place at the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially with those national entities, you know, that's how far ahead they're looking. Um, you know, some of those are very in demand. So, you know, we're having to raise our hand and, and pitch to them how awesome this facility is. Um, but, you know, if, if you're looking to run a big event, you know, you of course want to give notice to parents, to players, to team registrants, right. you know, the games happen now. But coaches and athletic directors and other organizers, they're already looking ahead to next year. You know, what are the tournaments we're going to play in? Where do we want to host this or that event? Um, so it's, it's, you know, quite unique to the, to the youth sports world, but that's how the calendar goes. Well, I got to tell you something, man. This, is, this all sounds really, really exciting. It is a big uh, feather in the cap of the city of Memphis and the Shelby County, and it really is a very exciting project. And a congratulations to you for being named uh, the general manager of all of this. And as uh, we get a bit closer to the opening and as things start to kind of submit themselves a, a bit more, I'd love to have you back on the show to talk a little bit more about uh, what we can maybe expect in 2023 from that your fine new facility out there. Yeah, a thousand percent. And we're going to have you out in turn. We'll shoot some hoops. We'll test the food out. <laughs> uh, we want you to be able to see uh, how awesome the facility is. And then anybody wanting to learn more about it, uh, you know, they should definitely follow us socially. Just search Memphis Sports and Events Center. Or if you want to check out our site, which has some awesome renderings about how great this place looks, yeah. go to memphissportsandevents.com. Man, I tell you what, and you know, yeah, you yeah, you may you may get me with the food part. I don't know about that other part, but with <laughs> the food part, absolutely that for sure. Antonio Perez, general manager of Memphis Sports and Event Center. 
Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks so much, Jeff. Have a good night. You too. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot of excitement in this city. And there's a lot going on in terms of that particular facility. And if you can think of they're going to also have, host a convocation there. They're going to host conventions there and a lot of other things going on down there as well. So, listen. You know, I know you, a lot of you folks like to be last minute to do everything. So you might want to check out, go to the website, check them out and see what they have to go, see what they have to offer down the road. And, uh, you know, if you have an event you're thinking about and that they can hook you up and they can take care of that particular event, you might want to, you know, you know, book it. Get it in advance like you do your travel, things like that. Let me see here. Janet Chestnut, she's uh, joined in uh, the watching uh, conversation as well as she says, good evening. Good evening, Janet. And uh, Sarah Gum is watching as well. So thank you all uh, and the, the ones that I see and the ones I may not see uh, here on the uh, old Facebook Live line uh, for checking us out here on Real Talk Memphis. We are going to take Kristen Davis just checked in. Hello, Kristen. How are you? Uh, to, uh, we're going to take our last break. I'm, I'm hoping that my last guest uh, will, will check in here. I haven't seen him yet on the, on the timeline. But uh, this is Real Talk Memphis. We've had a really, really, really good show so far tonight. I hope you've learned something, and I hope you've uh, gotten some information that maybe you didn't know that now you know. Uh, we're going to take this uh, last break. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Orion believes communities work best when they work together. They have been a trusted financial partner in our community for more than 60 years and are committed to giving back in the neighborhoods they serve. You can see how they're redefining banking at orionfcu.com. The University of Memphis is proud to be a founding partner of WYXR. They have recently been named an R1 institution by the Carnegie Classification of Institutions of Higher Education, putting the U of M in the top tier of research universities nationally. This milestone solidifies the university as one of the two flagship public institutions in Tennessee. More information at memphis.edu. Home to Memphis Art Collection since 1916, the Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com visit. Hello, this is Jerry, your host of Without a Net, here on WYXR Sunday nights from 8 to 10. We're going to be hearing some pure jazz and some impure jazz and lots of other good music too. Come join me this Sunday. See you later. 
quieren un poquito de sazón con su música latina, join me. La hora de sazón con Talia. Soy Talia on 91.7 FM WYXR. Tune in every Saturday night from 8 to 9 p.m. for a little bit of Latin music, reggaeton, a little bit of cumbia, whatever you like. We play it on La Hora de Sazón con Talia. Tune in. Support for WYXR comes from the Crosstown Brewing Company, WYXR's official beer sponsor for 2022. Just like WYXR, Crosstown Brewing supports Memphis music and our neighbors who use their talents to the people that make it. Their beers can be found at their 3,000 square foot tap room right here at Crosstown Concourse and at your favorite bars, restaurants, and stores throughout Tennessee, Mississippi, and Eastern Arkansas. This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. <laughs> and welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. You know, live radio is, you know, live and things happen every now and again that you just can't explain. Like uh, my my third guest uh, apparently is, is, is hadn't checked in with us yet. Uh, we still have a couple of minutes uh, left in, in, in the show. But um, while we do have a couple of minutes, I wanted to talk about something that's going to happen uh, in a few weeks, and I, I received uh, a, a call earlier today uh, in reference to uh, a recognition for next month. And uh, next month is is, is going to be dedicated uh, to um, saving lives and um, uh, being. Uh, it's uh, I can't remember exactly what the month is i think it's donor awareness month or or something to do with uh you know organ donor uh situations and and i received a call from uh someone at methodist uh, university hospital um it's donate life month is what it's called donate life month and uh they called me uh earlier today and asked if uh i would be willing to speak at their flag raising ceremony uh, that they have in uh, April. Uh, April is uh, Donate Life Month, and they're having a flag raising ceremony on the sixth of uh, April. And they want folks who have been donors uh, and recipients to uh, come out and sort of uh, commemorate that day and maybe talk a little bit about why it was so important uh, to donate. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I 
my wife had kidney disease and uh, I donated a kidney through the uh, National Kidney Pairing Program. I donated a kidney to someone uh, in the program that needed one and in turn, uh, she was able to receive one uh, from another, uh, from another uh, donor. Uh, and uh, by the way, she's doing very well. And you know, so you know, I guess to be able to talk a little bit about that and the importance of it uh, is, I feel a responsibility now because you know, once you have done that, uh, you have changed the parameter of someone's life. Um, I'm not a hero. I'm not anybody special. I'm just someone who did what I saw needed to be done in order to save her life and in consequently save someone else's life as well. There's no better feeling in the world. And I don't know that there's anything I could ever do in the, for the rest of my life that, 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 that even comes close to being able to donate uh, a body part, you know, so someone else, you know, can, can thrive and live. And so, um, I would encourage uh, anyone out there who, uh, because there's so, so many people who need, so many people who need, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people die uh, every year because they can't get uh, a needed uh, donation, organ donation, be it kidney, be it liver, be it you know pancreas. I mean, uh, these hospitals are doing so much uh, these days in terms of uh, medical uh, technology and uh, you know, the opportunity is there. And so if you aren't a match directly to someone that you are um, you're wanting to, you know, give, say, say, for example, a kidney, if you want to give a kidney to somebody, but you're not a match genetically, blood, whatever it is, uh, there are other options available uh, to you to be able to do that. Uh, so maybe we can create some awareness and maybe we can sort of build on this a little bit. And maybe we can help save uh, some more lives because I'm sure there are a lot of families out there uh, who, are, who are, are in this situation right now and who are desperately trying to find somebody to help them, uh, help uh, their loved ones and their family members uh, in a situation like this. Uh, so uh, I'm very happy to uh, be a spokesperson uh, for this, um, to talk about this, to talk about how important it is. And really, it's not about you. It's not about, you know, what you do. It's, it's not about yourself. It's about helping other people. And that's why we're here, to try to help other people uh, in any way that we can do that. So uh, we'll talk more about that. And I'm sure we'll have some guests on the show uh, in the next uh, couple, three weeks to talk more about uh, how important uh, organ donation is, blood donation, and things like that. I learned an awful lot. Uh, in this process. I'll tell you that right now. And um, like I said, it's the greatest thing I'll ever do in my entire life. And so uh, if you, you know, choose to want to know more about that, there are plenty of places that you can go to find that out. The uh, uh, Mid-South uh, Donor Foundation is one, and of course Methodist and a lot of these other hospitals as well. So as Jack plays this out, we're going to get out of here. We, we, so we, we, we finished up with two guests. Uh, rather than three, but that's okay because we had a good time on the show tonight. We uh, learned a lot of valuable information. Uh, so uh, I really want to thank my guest Sarah Houston for coming on and Antonio Perez uh, as well. So looking forward to uh, what the future holds, uh, not only on those two particular fronts, but what the future holds for all of us in particular. So as I go, I always like to say, you know, it really isn't coming upon us not to 
concentrate so much on ourselves, but really look at other folks and uh, what's going on out there, because what's going on out there can affect us all in here. So uh, as I prepare to get out of here, the Lord says so, we'll be back uh, the same time, the same station, the same seat to do a whole new edition of Real Talk Memphis, and maybe we'll do it just a little bit better. But in the meantime, for Jack, for Lola, for Nicole, and for my daughter, Brianne, who's visiting us tonight, I'm Chip, and we're out. Have a great week. <laughs>